All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're watching Leafs Morning Tea with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. All right. Our apologies, everybody. We're having some technical issues here today, but I think we figured it out. It's Nick Alberga and Anthony Stewart, the Thursday edition of Leafs Morning Take presented by Botano. How are you today, Stewie? The sky uh, is falling, I think, buddy. I know, I know, I know. I just took a peek out of my window and the sun actually did not come out, but uh, that's neither here nor there. It's always great chatting Leafs. It is, it is. Uh, the technical issues are sort of comical at this point uh, in the juncture of this show, but bear with us. Uh, back in the mix here, ready to break down this uh, 4-2 loss to the Maple Leafs against the Ottawa Senators. So great to hear you had a fantastic Christmas. It is World Junior Season 2. Do you get the feel every time you watch a game? Uh, I do. That was the highlight uh, of my career. And it, it's funny, I'm doing a lot of traveling right now, talking to uh, some of the NHL teams. And when I run into a Sidney Crosby or a Jeff Carter or any of my former teammates, these guys have gone on to have Stanley Cup winning careers, Hall of Fame careers. But we always get a good laugh of the fun and times we had at uh, World Junior. So it's it's always great this time of year. And I'm actually working it uh, as well. So I'm really, really excited to be a part of it. But it's a special place uh, in my heart for sure. What are you doing? Like color commentary? Uh, I'm doing pregame and post uh, with TSN radio. With, with oh, the tap how's man. that going? With the tap, nice. man. It's going well. It's going well. We're doing it remote. Uh, so, again, I'm actually getting used to it. I actually like being in my office, sitting around. I got my fridge for my waters and and root beer. So, it's it's good. It's really weird. It's something I actually experienced in you as well, uh, working with Sportsnet over the pandemic was 
working from home a lot. Like we do the a lot on this show, but I think it's a bit of a different feel. Like I remember I did some games for uh, the conference final, the Stanley Cup final a couple of years back when it was in the bubble. Me and Gord Selleck did some broadcasts. It's so different because like normally in a normal sort of, you know, fashion, you would talk to people like after the intermission break and talk about the period together. It's different when you're not together, eh? No, it's it's totally different too. And and for me, I've been now doing media for four or five years and I'm trying to get used to these headsets and I, this is how I wear it. I wear it like this. So I'm here. It's not even on my ears because I cannot have that <laughs> echo. So here I am now like this. So I still got to figure it out. It's been three, four years. Figure it out, Stu. You got a massive dome too, right? So uh, I know no, I got a mascot head. Mascot head. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I, I love the fact that Elise Prospect is a captain too. Fraser Minton looked pretty good yesterday. Easton Cowan's on the team. We interviewed him for the uh, the holiday special. Everything's coming up Maple Leafs, except on the ice in the NHL. Em. It is, but it's funny. Habs fans, they're battling, saying, oh, uh, Minton, you know, he's the bad choice for captain. Why can't they just not cheer for Canada? They always have to cheer uh, for their home NHL team. But uh, it's good. Uh, everyone was pegging them as underdogs before the tournament started. But uh, I think I took a look at the latest Batano uh, odds. And I think they're actually the favorites now. So that's good on them. It's good. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see when they couple up with the Americans that American squad looks pretty damn good. So looking forward to that matchup, even when it does take place in that tournament nation gears, boxing week Bonanza is bigger and better than ever from December 26th to December 31st, say 15% on all merch and unlock free shipping. When you spend $200 or more, check out the collections and support the pod today at nation gear ca at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe here on YouTube. Leafs Morning Take, wherever you find your podcasts. As we get into the appetizer, brought to you by DoorDash for a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off, up to $10 in value, and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app, enter code NATION25, that's code NATION25 in uppercase, for 25% off your first order with DoorDash, offer valid in Canada, subject to change, terms apply. So, where do you want to start with that game? For me, I, I, I want to start with the first period. It was a really, really good start for the Maple Leafs, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was great. And I just want to give a, a quick uh, kudos to the NHL, uh, sorry, Maple Leafs, MLSC, and Mark Frazier as they had uh, a group of hockey quality kids there for the next-gen game. And they actually came on the ice uh, and, and got to stand next to the Maple Leafs. So they made the, the, the dreams come true for a lot of those kids. So I think it was a great uh, start to the game uh, because there's a lot of energy in the building having those young kids, next generation of kids coming in. Uh, and they had a great start, right? You saw Austin Matthews buzzing and, uh, you know, that, that shot that went in off of Nyes' toe, I'll have to take a closer look on it too, but that's what you want. You have a team coming in in the Ottawa Senators. I think they flew in or drove in, practiced that day, and then played that night. So the key was, I'm assuming, was we got to have a good first 10 minutes. So I think what happened after those first 10 minutes was, you know, I've read the headlines, they took their foot off their gas thinking that this Ottawa team is just going to roll over and die. But with Jacques Martin coming in, they're coming him, they're bringing him in to sort of do an autopsy on this group and really do a full forensic go over on what the problem is. So these guys aren't quitting because they want to be most of them a part of the solution in Ottawa, new ownership coming in. They're going to be getting a new ring. Things are going to be lively in Ottawa. So everyone is going to be playing pretty much a full 60 minutes. So I think that's sort of where the Leafs 
let off the gas. Uh, they took them for granted. Uh, but for me, and I think what's lacking, and I think with the overall big picture with this Leafs group is that killer instinct. You have that power play. You got to score that goal or you got to keep momentum and not let a shorthanded goal again. So I think that was the, the turning point, uh, the uh, Leafs nation turning point, uh, if I will. And after then it was downhill from there. So let me ask you this. Where do you stand on Sheldon Keefe, man? Because everything comes back to the coach and preparation just doesn't seem to be there with this team. Consistency's not there. I can't remember one game, maybe maybe the New York Ranger game where they were consistent for a full 60. Okay, say we have on this show <laughs> the best of the best. We have Butch Cross. We have um, we have Bob McKenzie, we have Ray for, are you going to be able to dictate the way the show goes? If you're the host, Nick, are you going to let them run? You're going to have some structure, uh, but these I'm guys are the best yeah. of the best. And, and it's tough. It's tough to manage guys that are making this much amount of money and uh, not saying the inmates run the asylum, but you know, how do you motivate a guy that's already, you know, got $50 million in the bank with another 50 uh, coming. They have to find that motivation themselves. And, and I talked about myself, um, as a player, that's why I drank two Red Bulls of five hour energies and, and, and ran five laps around the rink because I knew I had to be ready. I didn't have the luxury of waiting to the third period. If this coach looked down and saw my number midway through the first and I'm not going, I'm stapled to that bench majority of the game. So uh, what is the issue here? I think it's that buy in where I think if anything, they have to have a talk on, hey, this is what we need from you guys as a leadership group. But the issue is. Nick, we've been talking about this for three years now, so I don't know what it is. Is it the message? Is it the messenger? And again, I'm not advocating for anybody to ever lose their job too, but you know, I get frustrated because we've been talking about it now for how many years. So what is the issue? Everything's the issue. I don't know, but we'll just have to wait and see how it plays out. <laughs> yeah. And, and my question is like, why can some of the other teams do it? Why can the Colorados of the world, like why can the teams like Vegas finally do it when they have players like that on their roster? That, that's my counter to your argument. Well, and, and again, I didn't experience this to the level that they have, but uh, the best saying is it's, it was an old boxer said, it's tough to get up and do a five minute run in silk pajamas. So majority, when you get that check for $10 million on July 1st, it's tough to stay motivated. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. I used to have to park my truck uh, after my first year on the track to motivate me to keep running, to be able to pay for this truck. So again, it's, compounded because you have three or four guys in this group that are in the same boat. But again, it's, it's a tough, tough group. It's a tough, tough market. So when you mix all those things into the recipe, that is the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's very, very difficult. Yeah. I, I just, it, it's, it's tough to take that and be like, yeah, you're right. I, I totally understand it, but these are professional athletes. Like I know what you're saying. And I, 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 I give it a lot of credit because you played in this league and you know, you know what you're saying, obviously, but it just, it's tough to grasp, but that's why this team can't rein it together. It's because they have what so would many you do? guys. What would you do? You, you, you have to you essentially have to make a trade. But anytime you bring that up in this mm -hmm. market, you know, who is it going to be? And who are you to say that you're going to be making trades? So I, I don't know, but that is my thing. You got to, you got to yeah. stir, rock the boat a little bit, right? Oh, I couldn't agree more with you. And, and that's why I sort of led you on to that route with that question, because it's like, is this the definition of insanity? Like you, you've been covering this team long enough post-career. Like it seems like the same thing every year. It's Groundhog Day, man. Like, and again, I didn't take as much from that game as some people did. I know they lost. I thought Jonas Corposala was excellent, man. Like, especially down to nothing. You got some good puck luck too in the crease. There's a couple scrambles that could have gone either way, but sometimes it just happens. Like you've played the game obviously at a high level. 
sometimes you're just fighting it. You can't bury that big time goal. And I thought the Ottawa Senators were really, really resilient and they were really, really desperate. And I, I couldn't agree more. Like I think the Leafs first 10 minutes, fantastic score, two goals, Justin Bieber's in the crowd. And then they stopped playing and they let Ottawa back in the game. But I, I will give the Sens a lot of credit because I thought they were the hungrier team last night. Yeah. And it's funny on the broadcast yesterday, they were talking about Corpusalo and how much he was struggling and, you know, they got to stop letting in an average of four goals per game. And I'm like, uh Oh, <laughs> they, they zoomed in on his face and his eyes. He looked like he was dialed in. Right. So yeah. I think the best way to um, sum this group up is the glass is half empty and it is half full at the exact same time. You know, you can put things in per- perspective right now. Yes. They're, they're six points behind Boston uh, in the division lead, but they're only five points ahead of Montreal, who's 13th in the conference. So um, I think the fact is that it's 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 going game to game that we're sitting here, um, you know, scrutinizing every win or every loss. But the yeah. issue is we're still talking about this two, three years later where they were supposed to be taking the next step. Boston aren't having these issues. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights. I know Colorado's having some issues, but Dallas, Dallas is trajecting, uh, you know, the, the other way as well. So yeah. with this group, that's where I'm most frustrated as you're supposed to be a little bit head. You're supposed to learn your lessons from years past. And I don't think that is the case, but uh, is it a coaching issue? Is it a player issue? It's a combination of everything. And again, I go back to my days with the Florida Panthers where we were in that Southeast division. We were even close to making playoffs. But I think we went through two coaches, three GMs. They got rid of half of everybody. They eventually got rid of me. And that's with zero expectations. So uh, the way the league works, you can't just hope for something. You got to make something happen. And that's what I'm waiting for this group. But again, it's you got to put things in perspective. Five games coming up right now. You know, you get seven, eight points out of that. You got that road trip out west. You put that in perspective, you could come back and we could be a whole different story that we're talking about uh, a week from now. Stu, it still concerns me. Like, I get what you're saying, and I get their record, and I get their six points back of the Boston Bruins with games in hand. But to me, it's still Groundhog Day that nothing has changed about this team. Like, how long have we been talking about killer instinct? Who's to say that they don't show up for the Stanley Cup playoffs and it's the same shit? Like, that that's what concerns me. You can do whatever it's- you want in the regular season. It's a different game in the playoffs, but... And that's for me, it's, that's the most frustrating part. And again, it's not frustrating. I'm going to go about my day after this, but if I'm with the organization, that's the frustrating part. And, you know, we were sitting on Jeff Merrick's show or or hosting Leafs lunch. That when was that? I don't even know when that was. And we're like, is this the year that the group gets it done? And if not, what happens? And like, I put on 30 pounds since that conversation, you know, of my own position, most of it, but (laughs) that's what it is. But um, I, I'm, and I don't think the fan base likes to hear this, but I think the fact that we're talking about it and there's something to talk about in the drama, that's part of what fuels this fan base, right? They want to be able to have those, um, cooler talks at work. They want to be able to be on social media. You know, I go mm-hmm. on, uh, again, I'm able to mess mention the score, the score app to check my score. There's a go check their conversation list in their message board. It is pages and pages and pages. So I think for them, this, this drama that surrounds the group on um, the outside knows noise. I think that fuels this group, but from a performance standpoint, what is going to change, right? We talked about Robertson who finally made the roster uh, Nyes, who looks like he's going to be a player before that they hadn't had a second uh, round draft pick on their team for how many years. So if you're not selling wins, uh, you're not selling the future. What are you selling? And I think that is a, a part of the issue as well. I think a positive note to grab Tyler Bertuzzi had one of his best games in a while. He was all around it. A 12 game uh, goal drought finish scores early on in that game. I think he's still fighting it a bit offensively, but 
it just seems like this team was a bit out of sync. Like uh, even dating back over the weekend, they, they, they obviously put Matthews and Marner back together. They had a good night, but for some reason or another, they just can't stay consistent in a full effort where they show pockets of really, really extreme good play. And then pockets of really terrible defensive play. And, to me, it's just so glaring, and it just comes down to coaching again. I went on some crazy tangent last Friday where that was it with Sheldon Keefe, and they're not buying in, and I just wondered if he's losing the room. I mean, you would have a better feel of that, and obviously you're not on the inside of that, but it just feels like they're doing the same things game after game after game where it's like pizza up the middle for Mitch Marner. It's like he's good for one a game, and I don't think that's conducive to success in this league. So it'll be fascinating. I wanted to ask you to... 10 regulation wins in 32 games, man. It's almost January 1st. Is that any concern to you? No, it's the point. It's the point business, right? And again, 5-3-3 three, and three in their last couple of games. Yeah, you'd like to see it be at, uh, you know, maybe 8-3-1. and one. Uh, But again, you're in the point collection business. But, you know, let's let's talk. Let's break this all down. The same thing that we were debating those three, four years ago. When you pay the top four players half of your um, you know, your, your whole budget for the whole entire salary cap, you're going to run into issues. And I think what separates this leaf team, you know, from the Boston's and all these other teams that are top teams, they have that balance when your top six or your, your top guys are having an off night, you know, you have a Riley Smith to score a big goal. You have an Akushkin to, to score these big goals. You have consistent performers that are in your middle and bottom six. And that's what's missing with this group. Consistent performances, um, not just on the score sheet, but something. Okay, the third line, okay, if you're not scoring, are you consistently getting in on the four check? Are you killing the clock? Fourth line, are you consistently getting involved physically, uh, being able to play against the other team's second or third line? Um, are you playing physically? Are you not getting in the minus column? So when you think about that, that is, the, I think, the true issue with this group where just because of those financial constraints, you can't have a proper balance. And, you know, I, I urge all the listeners here, go play that game, international ice hockey, where you have you have to pick four players. You get to pick from a chubby player, a medium size, and a skinny. And I can judge your GM skills based on how many guys what you pick from that roster. Some, if you go four skinny, you're not going to win. You need to have two chubby guys, one medium, and one skinny. That's how you need to build rosters that are successful in the National Hockey League. And I'm listening to Vic right now. He said four fat guys for him. <laughs> uh, you got to go. You got to mix a little bit of uh, tinness in there. But that is, you know, I know I'm joking about it, but that is, you have to have that balance. If you don't have that balance. It's not the NBA. You can't win with all superstars. You need those unsung heroes. Who's going to be that with this group? I know I saw the stat last night too. Two, six and one against the bottom seven teams in the league. I don't know about you. I don't loop the Ottawa Senators in that conversation. I think they're way better than their record shows. They haven't got uh, the defensive structure to tinker with. They got the goaltending, obviously, in that game against the Maple Leafs. But it just seems to be the age-old question, specifically under Sheldon Key, for this team plays down to their opponent and again, they lack that killer instinct where you compare them to, say, like a Colorado, maybe a crappy example, too, because Colorado was a four love last night on Arizona and blew that game and lost the game in OT, right? Like it does happen around this league, but it just seems maybe this team is under the microscope the way they are in this market where they were sitting comfortably, awesome start, good vibe in the building, and they let the Ottawa Senators back in the game. And that goes back to killer instinct, doesn't it? 
Yeah, it does. And, and again, I, I, I hate dissecting one game, but yeah, you know, if, if you're up to nothing and you give up that shorthanded goal and then your top line goes out and, and catches another minus, well, we're not going to be double shifting you and triple shifting you and pulling the goalie at three minutes to try to get them back into the game. If I'm the coach, I'm sending a message and giving some other guys an opportunity. Maybe I'm going to put the second unit out for the next uh, power play. So there needs to be that internal accountability where I think with some of the stars, rain or shine playing well or not so well, you're getting back out there when push comes to shove. So that is the balance. And that's when you're, when you're managing certain personalities and pay grades, you have to find that balance. And, you know, you're looking at the Craig Berubis of the worlds and Tortorella's Tortorella is getting the most out of that Philadelphia group. He's squeezing every last ounce of hard work and energy, whatever it may be. So um, is it the, I don't know if it's a coaching style. It could be a temperament, but I don't think this is on the coaches because we've been talking about this now for how many years. But again, something has to change, whether it's a trade, whether remember we were talking about Kucherov getting benched uh, for overtime. And I'll look where Kucherov is now. That was one game he got benched. And we've been talking about him being a super superstar ever since. But when has that happened with this group where someone's sitting or someone's missing a shift or someone's going down to the fourth line? That doesn't happen. Uh, but Again, that's just me personally, but that's why I'm sitting here talking about it. I wouldn't be able to sit there and have a conversation with a $12 million guy and say, you're not doing your job. He'd probably just look at me like, dude, I'll take your job if I want. <laughs> Are the coach's hands tied? I mean, it ultimately comes down to that what it question. Could be. And that's what it could be. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I brought this up last Friday. You want to send a message? You bench Mitch Marner. You bench whoever. Uh, Mitch Marner, I thought, was a ghost last night. He wasn't good. I'm not going to single him out because he's had his moments throughout the season. Um, you know, other guys, even Austin Matthews defensively has not been great. Uh, I know the numbers would suggest otherwise. There's still some turnovers, things you want to clean up. He's scoring goals like across the board. I mean, it's not just one player with this roster. I will say another positive I grabbed from the game. It can't all be doom and gloom negative because they actually played pretty decent, in my opinion. I think they deserve or they 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 could have won that game. Deserves not the right word. The Ottawa Senators deserve a lot of respect for fighting that game. The urgency, the hunger. They were there. But like. To an extent, they sort of stepped up the Matthew Kuchuk, or Brady Kachuk, which I liked uh, after the McCabe hit. McMahon got in there. Benoit got in there. Nyes got in there. Um, from from that aspect, it seems like they've learned from the embarrassment of earlier on this season what happened with Brad Marchand and Timothy Lilligren. And I do think that was a good learning lesson. I want to see more of it. But again, there's just so many issues and deficiencies with this team. They sort of look past the fact that they sort of stepped up there. Yeah, but again, it's Brady Kachuk and did he feel any ounce of intimidation whatsoever? <laughs> yeah. Right. And, yeah. and Ro and, you know, and I've never say this to Rosie's face, but when I was on the ice and I went to go finish a check and he's out there, I'm not putting my full force into that, into that check, unless I know 100% I'm ready to fight Jay Rosil. And chances are most of the time I wasn't. So if that's me, whose job it was to go out there and play a physical role, if that's not my job, I'm going to be scared shitless being out there against some of these guys and they don't have that but that's not the way this team is built uh but for kachuk he, he was doing whatever he wants he threw three or four big hits and you know when i saw that breakaway goal that he scored on the empty net i'm like if that was me someone's coming across and slashing me chopping me throwing a flying elbow i got anxiety seeing him cut to the net like that but he cut there and he's like Pfft. Who's coming on me? Okay, no big deal. But let's get back to the you know the groups and and I know you're talking about that yeah. accountability. And in 82 game season, there's going to be ups and downs. The players are going to sure. you can't play well every game. So part of that is when your top guys aren't going, 
you got to find a way to motivate them. And sometimes as a last resort, it has to be with dice time, moving guys down to the fourth line. And that is part of the chess that is coaching. So if I had to give one uh, point with regards to um, the scrutiny of it, that's the part. These guys are going out over those boards, rain, sleet, snow, dash three, dash four, when that game is on the line. So what that does now, it sends a message to some of those bottom six guys saying, well, I'm stuck at nine minutes, eight minutes, seven minutes, no matter how well I play. Like Gregor, why not throw him up there for a couple shifts to get something going? They have, though. He gets a chip and he goes in for a breakaway or something like that, too. So uh, that's what I want to see, a little bit more accountability. But again, if you paid me to go manage those $12 million egos, it, it would be tough. It would be tough, and I'd have to really think about it. I had no idea William Laguson can throw like that. That was a good little tilt there with Ridley Grigg, I think, stepping up to the table. Great to see some other guys uh, going outside the box and and playing a bit heavy, especially with Revo out of the lineup. But uh, when I see a positive, I'll take it. I mean, especially from that that standpoint. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, again, that's the accountability because, again, there might be some D coming back. They might be making some moves. And he's yep. saying, hey, I want to show that I want to be in this lineup. And... You know him and uh, and is it Benoit? Sorry, him yeah. and uh, I know he he did, did he play last night. Benoit or no? Yeah, Benoit. Okay, played. excuse yeah. me, but I didn't respect his game. But that's the good part is that if you don't recognize these guys, where everyone had the Twitter fingers ready to go to run Legacy, <laughs> ben, those guys. Have- Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Pretty solid. They've done their job, right? Yeah. Lagason had some huge hits yesterday and all that. Yeah. So the fact that those guys have weathered the stone, they're showing at least they have some depth uh, on the Marlies on the back end uh, as well too. But again, if you told me, three or four of the top D were going to be out for majority of these games this year. And they're going to be sitting in the mix. I would, I would, I'd say that's not bad, but again, they come back from this road trip. It can spell disaster where now I'm not going to want to be on this program because it's going to get bad. You're going to be, you're going to be chirping. You might just uh, throw your computer through the window live on air. (laughs) 
Well, you're contractually obligated, so you got to be here, unfortunately. That's true. So, that is true. Yeah. It's, uh, no, they'll be fine. I just, again, I, I think they're a really good regular season team, and that's pretty much how I feel about the Maple Leafs right now. That hasn't wavered from day one of the regular season. They're going to get their 105 points. Do I feel any different about their prospects of going deep in the playoffs? Right now, if you're to ask me, which I am, I, I don't see it. I just think there's a lot of glaring issues and holes, and it's the same team. And again, it gets back to the same conversation about the core four until they make that substantial change. I think it's going to be the same old story, unfortunately. Yeah. And I, and I remember I actually got a little bit reprimanded for this from the powers that be where, you know, I was on air saying, well, does it even matter if this team wins? Does it matter? Is it going to change the bottom line? Is it going to move the needle? Yeah. Maybe a couple extra seats and then for the extra playoff games, but yeah. this is a, a conglomerate <laughs> of a corporation here where, Again, they're profiting off of the drama and and all this. So does it really even matter if they win? Yes, the passionate fans and the people that are in the front office, yes, they want to win. But the Leafs Nation as a whole, does does it really matter? And someone said, like, yeah, you can't be saying that on air, blah, blah, blah. But that is the perspective of somebody from Toronto that played in the National Hockey League, right? And, you know, I train all NHL guys in in the summertime, and they're like, man, you, you really talk a lot about the Leafs. They're not close. And I'm like... I guess. Right. But again, for me, I'm a Toronto sports fan. Uh, you know, I'm very, very passionate. I want to see them be successful, but that's why we're talking about it because we want it and we see that they have that potential. And that's why we're scrutinizing because it's like, just take that next step. That's all we want. That's all we want. And uh, we thought they were getting to that point last year in the cup playoffs. And then they sort of laid an egg against the Florida Panthers. You can talk to me all you want about Sergey Bobrovsky, but uh, I think the Leafs look like a wounded animal in that series after the first two games didn't go their way. And it gets back to the whole consistency conversation and the hunger and uh, all the buzzwords you want to use. So again, it's a work in progress for this team. Next up, is a date in Columbus again. <laughs> Third time in 15 days with Columbus coming up on Friday. They got Michael Bunting's return to Scotiabank Arena on Saturday as well. One of your former teams in town in the Carolina Hurricanes. This segment is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers. Got a custom ring building delivered in less than four weeks with the Charm Masterpiece Program and an unbeatable pricing policy. The holidays are here. I'd say it's the perfect time to check out a large selection of Canadian lab-grown diamonds. Mine Diamonds. And don't pay until 2025 with their instant in-store financing OAC. For more information, go to CharmDiamondCenters.com. I thought it would be perfect to shift the conversation, Stewie, into the goaltending. Martin Jones uh, wasn't the reason why they lost that game, but still. Probably want that one from Jake Batherson. But 27 saves. Joseph Wall is nowhere close to returning. I've heard whispers maybe it's mid to late February. I mean, high ankle sprain. Anybody who's dealt with that, your guess as good as mine as to when to come back. And then on top of that, he's a goalie, so it's a tougher recovery. Talked to Carter Hutton about that last week. But uh, Shane Sini uh, threw, threw out these various options on LeafsNation.com the other day. Marc-Andre Fleury, John Gibson, Alex Andelkovic, Dan Vladar. I'm sure there's a couple others. Uh, do you think the Leafs need to go out there and acquire a goalie, Stewie? Well, is it February that he's back? I thought I read January 8th, but maybe that was just a, a typo on my end too. Is it January or is it February? For for Wool? Yeah. He's nowhere close to returning. Okay, I don't well, think I gotta, it's going to be an, an I got to rip up all my notes about them not having to go up and get a goaltender. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, your opinion's changed. Oh, my opinion's changed. Well, yeah. and, you know, you, you see the Tampa Bay Lightning where they are right now too, right? And Vasilevsky just came back because I said, it's not just when Vasilevsky gets back, but how is he going to be for those first four or five games that when he comes back, it's going to take him a while to get back up to true form. And that's the same thing with Wool, where he was – 
I don't think he was 100% over the hump as being the complete number one. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was playing some great hockey, but can you put your faith in saying he's going to be 100% the one, number one guy going into this playoff run? He was probably about 85% of the way there. So now he's coming back, missing all this time. It's going to take some time for him to get back to normal. I think, yes, you have to make um, you have to make a move. And I think it's just based on the precursor of what True Living did in the summertime, taking Samsonov to... Um, arbitration, knowing that they had some question marks on him being the true number one. If they thought that was the case, yeah, you know what? We'll give you your three, four years at three and a half to four and a half million dollars. But they had some question marks. So we're talking about how serious are they about taking this next step and, and going on a run. I think you have to make a you have to make a, a goaltender move. And you're talking about, well, you know, Vegas, they didn't really have a true number one, Aiden Hill, Thompson, blah, 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 blah. But they have six stalwart defensemen where they protect their goaltenders. Colorado, they're on offense 73% of the game. They don't need a superstar in between the pipes. I think this team needs a true number one that can at least do the job or has been on a run before to know the ups and downs, the ups and downs of letting in, you know, a stinker and recovering, not, oh man, I'm having a bad game. Now I'm going to be now even worse in the media. Now the camera's going to be panning on me in the, in between, um, you know, the hallways. So there's all this stuff that can spell a recipe for disaster for a Maple Leafs goaltender. They need to go and get a veteran guy that can handle it. So you mentioned a Gibson, uh, they struck gold with Freddie Anderson, who I said was a top five goalie for what he was able to do in Toronto, come in here and not have any, um, headlines uh, with regards to the media. He just came in, did his job, and left quietly. You need a guy like that. So I'm taking a flyer out on Gibson or maybe a Fleury or somebody else. But the key is, you go down and look at the pipeline. Who do you got? Who are your draft picks? Do you have the draft picks? I remember them getting rid of a bunch. Um, yeah. What are you going to do? do? Are you going to trade a Nick Robertson? Are you going to trade a Fraser Minton? Are you going to trade a, a, a Cowan? Are you going to trade one of these young guys when, like we talked about before, Robertson and and uh, Nyes, you hadn't had a six second rounder uh, be on your roster. So you got to start bringing in some younger guys, especially on the op, uh, up front, when you could potentially be losing one of your big guns. So, yes, it's easy to say on paper, yes, they need a, a goalie that can come in at a $5 million cap hit and be a star. But how are you going to get them? Who are you going to trade? What are you going to do? Where I think you even have to upgrade, um, you know, the defense as well. So you need another defenseman. You need a goaltender. What are you going to give up to get them? Well, to me, it's not as much of a glaring issue for a couple things. Number one, obviously, is a salary cap. I just don't think they can go out there and get like a John Gibson with term on his contract. Like I, I think maybe at the very least or at the very most, you find a stopgap type guy like a Dan Vidar, who obviously Brad Living knows really, really well. But I, I think they're they're living in a parallel universe if they think they can go out there and, and acquire some stud netminder. Number one, I don't think they're out there. And number two, I just don't think they could pay the piper financially cap-wise. Like you'd have to dismantle like everything you have in this team. Granted, it's not working that great, but this would involve like major, major restructure of the salary cap and where the money's allotted uh, first and foremost. But anyone else go on IR? Can anyone else go on IR? Can, 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 I'll go on IR if you want. I could be your boy Revo, LTIR for like I don't know. It just yeah, it's, but that's the thing though. I think whoever it is, it can't. Yeah. It has to be a one hundred percent upgrade of Samsonov, right? I think for yeah. Samsonov, he just needs to find his game. That's going to be yeah. the number one key. Him now coming back, taking a, a little bit of a a rest and resetting his mind. But Dan Vladar, didn't they? Wasn't he already here? No, that was a big oh, save, big save Dave. Dave. 
Big Save Dave, right? No okay, Save So Dave. if you have a nickname, we're not bringing any guys with any nicknames in here because we saw how that worked. But I think, you know, joking aside, it's got to be 100% of an upgrade. Yeah. And to do that, it's going to cost you uh, cap space. It's going to uh, cost you some young uh, capital as well that I think they do not have unless they're ready to make a big, big move, which... Well, that's exactly it. I don't think I don't are. see an upgrade out there. On top of that, I mean, the only way you can bring in anybody, you'd have to find somebody, a taker, uh, for Samsonov, like I think at the end of the day, a perfect world to be Samsonov refining his footing. Like the guys look like an ECHL goalie. Get your confidence back. That's the setup. number one thing, and and that's where again, there's there's many many departments and layers in the coaching staff and and you know departments of of this MLSE group. So I think that is the number one way direction that you want to go. And I think you need that, but they knew him coming in. That was the book on him. So again, they have to find a way to manage that for sure. So I don't know how they do it, but um, again, Christmas break, Christmas holiday, you know, maybe has some family over, comes in, watches a bunch of film, you know, um, has a little bit of wine over the the holidays. He comes back R and R ready to go. So that's the number one option. We'll see how it goes. I just don't know if there's a flip there. And and Eureka, you have Ilya Samsonov from last year back. I just that the guy's confidence is completely shot. Um, I, I think that's the, what they're most hopeful for. Um, I do think the Leafs are a team that can can do it with like a Martin Jones for an extended period of time because they have those big boys can outscore their problems. And I, I think the bigger thing to address would be the blue line, right? especially when you look at a team like Vegas wins the Stanley cup with Aiden Hill, like that leads me down a warp path maybe where it's like, I can't spend six, 7 million bucks on a goaltender. I think the Leafs are like a prime example of a team. If everything clicks, they get the upgrades on the blue line. They can easily win with, uh, you know, whoever in between the pipes. And I think on top of that, you are thinking and hoping that Joseph Foles can be back at some point over the next couple months. We'll say where it's like, I understand what you're saying. I mean, the sample size is pretty small on Joseph Wall, but I just don't think they have the resources to go out there. And and I don't think there's a guy out there for them that makes sense right now, at least in season to acquire. Yeah, and I think that's the best way you shore up that defense where you add in some guys that can eat some major minutes yeah. uh, and keep the puck out from in front of the net. That's what you need. And that's where you watch Vegas. Everyone talks about the superstar up front. They won that cup based on their defense. And go watch go watch a Zach Whitecloud play. Just a simple, keeps so it good. simple, moves yeah. the puck, plays a heavy uh, game. You know, they have Martinez there as well, too. They have some great, great D. Uh, and Theodore, Petrangelo, Right. Where 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 are those guys that are the great two way defensemen on, on when you yeah. think about it for this roster? And that's why I was a big proponent of trying to get uh, Falk before he got traded. Right. So, yeah, um, you, you think you can outscore your problems. But in this league, it's too hard. You need that fine balance. You need that international ice hockey perfect roster. And I think that's sort of where they're they're limping a little bit at this point of the season. It really is apples to oranges, Stewie, as we look now at the Atlantic Division standings. I mean, I, I think it's so good to have people like you who have played in this league to lean on, to keep everything relative, uh, as me, the fan and the media member, going crazy after one loss. And granted, it's more <laughs> so the process, how they lose these games. But you look and you wake up today, the sky isn't falling. They've got one game in hand and are six points back of the Boston Bruins or two points back of Florida for second, two games in hand. The games in hand are important, but... They got to keep getting points here. Everywhere you look, uh, it's it's really really tight in the Eastern Conference. Carolina's back in a playoff spot. 
I think Tampa loses last day in regulation from a lease perspective. That's really, really good stuff. But they got to find a way to not go on an Elon, like a long period of time where they're not picking up points. And and they do, do do that. So that's the positive note I grabbed. Yeah, but they have a way now to sort of calm us down. And again, not yeah. that they care about that. They do everything in five-game segments. They come back from this five-game segment. You know, They can be putting themselves in a pretty good position, right? If they have a statement win versus Carolina and L.A. And, you know, probably yeah. they are. They might lose a game to one of those bottom teams that they're playing oh, as well. But again, I think for them, going out west, you're getting away from the noise. Just after the holidays, now you can go on the road, relax a little bit. They come back with five or six points in that. That, we're looking at a completely different picture. So as, as a pro or as a team, you're looking at it in five game segments. So, you know, yes, yesterday was a, a, a crap result, but you have a, an opportunity now to correct that with back-to-back games coming up where you very well can win both of those games. So I think for them focusing on the process and not getting too far ahead, not saying, Hey, well, we got to catch Boston right now. No, we got to look at, uh, you know, maybe catching Florida who's two points ahead of us. We got to worry about Tampa Bay. Who's one point behind us, just focusing on controlling the way that you, you can, they're not playing the best hockey, but they're finding a way to collect points and those overtime losses and those shootout losses. I think you're going to see those points come in handy. Yes, you could have won them, but you could have lost in regulation as well too. those points that they're getting. I think are going to add up to a big, big uh, moment at the end of the season. Which team in the Atlantic division scares you the most? I know my answer right off the top. Are you going Tampa Bay? It's Florida. Dude. Yeah. I watched Florida play again. The goaltending has been good again this year. They got depth in the back end. They move the puck. They play with structure. Matthew Kachuk, obviously still dealing with some ailments from last year's Stanley Cup playoffs and the broken sternum. Contractor Sam Reinhardt's been good. I just like the makeup, the DNA of that Florida team. I think they're going to be a pain in the ass to play against, whether it's the regular season or the playoffs for that matter. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking Tampa Bay, right? Because they want revenge. Really? They want revenge, and they're waiting for their revenge. I think too, they're but- beatable, man. Yeah, but like even Boston too. I know they've been struggling a little bit uh, yeah. as as well. But again, I, I've been you know since I've been doing a program with you three four years ago, I've been waiting for them to come back down to earth too. So uh, any way you dice it, Toronto, they if they're playing to their best of their abilities, none of those teams should be a problem. So that is mm-hmm. the that's the issue. So you can't bring your A game every single night. How do you raise the level of your B game? So that's the one positive with this group. If they're big four clicking. Um, the D are keeping it simple and they're getting the saves that they're going to get. They're probably going to win a seven game series against majority of these teams. And that's a fact. So that's the one positive. If I'm the group, if I'm the coaching staff, I'm focusing on that. How do we get this group be more consistent? Yeah, it's fair. And again, it's been a question in this market for a long, long period of time. And uh, it's just so unfortunate. I could say your guess as good as mine as to which Leafs team is going to show up on Friday against Columbus and Saturday against Carolina. And it just, it gets back to the root of the problem, the issue. And, Maybe it's not Sheldon Keith. Maybe it's more of an internal thing where he just can't do anything. And maybe somebody new can. It just has that feel where um, he's done all he could. And we're at a crossroads here where it's like, are you going to continue on with Sheldon Keith, knowing that ultimately your fate is going to be the same as it is every year? Or are you going to take that risk, that gamble to an extent, bring in somebody fresh? Because that's that's the important thing, too. I mean, it's not like Keith is Brad True Living's guy, and it's not like money is a concern. I mean, if they have to pay him to go away, they will. I just say, look out there, man, and there's some pretty damn good coaches available on the market right now, especially a guy who just won the cup like five years ago, too. Yeah, there is, but is is Berube the right coach for this group? 
right? Are you going to now re-sign a Nylander with a guy barking up and down your, right? Say they bring him in and Nylander walks. We're going to be, ah, oh, this guy just fell twice. The Barube ran him out of town. So I, I think the organization's already made their decision. They re-upped Keith, right? And I don't think he's the issue. Again, I don't want to advocate for anyone losing their job. We've been saying yeah. this is on the players now for three years and nothing has changed. So that's on management exactly. to either make a change or, or find a way to get the roster a little bit more complementary to complement their strengths. That's that's well, that's exactly it. You talk about accountability. I mean, it's it's the same thing. I understand your unwillingness to make that big time, you know, decision and trade, but like how many years you're going to tell me this is on the players on the players and then you bring back the same players i mean uh the dressing around them is a bit differently but i mean we all know by now in this market this team will go where the big four will bring them uh, ultimately in the stanley cup playoffs and it's been the same old story they go missing when it matters most like they did against the florida panthers but at the same time, do you not miss a Justin Hall? Do you not miss a Bunting? Do you not miss a Hyman? Do you Hall not miss a Kadri? Do you not miss, right? You know, I don't miss Justin Campbell, Hall at all. What would Campbell be doing in, in right now? Like, you know, when you he'd think about a, it, right? he'd be living in Liberty Village uh, with me going uh, to be a Toronto Harley. <laughs> right? So, but how yeah. many guys would they leave? They probably go on to greener pastures when you think about it, right? So that's, that's, that's the yeah. thing. What is it with Toronto, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a fair question to bring up. You look at some guys who go somewhere else and they just rip it up. But again, you didn't say you didn't comment on uh, Hyman, though, right? You, you'd want him back. Pretty good. I, I would in a perfect world, but you can never five forecast bucks. that. Oh, my gosh. Five yeah. billion bucks. I know. Dude. I know Dubas is still getting heat for that decision not to re-up Hyman. But at that time, it just seemed ludicrous to pay a guy like Hyman that much money. You're, you're going to have your your good decisions, your bad decisions. It comes every GM is going to make mistakes. People are accusing me of being his agent because we were sitting there like, well, you think he's going to sign, you know, for ticket hometown discount 3.9. I'm like, he is getting $35 million minimum. It's going to start with a five. It's probably going to be 5.5. And everyone thought I was crazy but sure enough yeah. that's what he what he got what's your number on Nylander 11 5 oh <laughs> I heard what's, 12 what's, I heard what's 12. Paul's Someone kid getting 12. what's Paul's kid getting uh well he'll probably get the same what he's getting now right not my world Stewie he's going to he wants to play in Columbus send him to Columbus remember he, the whole yeah. Columbus episode yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a fun convo over the next couple of years. That's for sure. The Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Weird slate this week, obviously, with the holiday. Um, I, I thought yesterday on yesterday's show, I thought it was Tuesday, the whole show. Only to find out after it was Wednesday. But so you got the, the typical Wednesday card on a Thursday. There's only four games. Nothing pops out to me like the Oilers might or the puck line I would look at in that game, but I would never sleep on a dog against the Oilers. Uh, LA, Vegas. I know Vegas played in the back to back. They lost last night handily to Anaheim Ducks. I actually like LA in that game. I would maybe take a flyer on the Philadelphia Flyers to beat the Vancouver Canucks, but nothing uh, really, really sticks out. I'm more leaf oriented right now, getting set for Friday night. Another matchup with Columbus, Dewey. Yeah. So for today, you know what? I think I'm going to go with the over with uh, in the Edmonton San Jose game for sure. Okay. You know what? I'm also, I'm going to go out on a limb right now and I'm going to go Caulfield anytime goal. That's what I'm going with there. So again, if I get it right, be sure to uh, send me my commission. If I get it wrong, send all your complaints to at the golden muzzy. <laughs> that is not. Stewie's Twitter account. It's at Stu Monroe. <laughs> but uh, do you know, I thought this is so fascinating. Do you know, um, let me just get this right to make sure. How many goals does Caulfield have this season? 
Ah, uh, man, I know I want to say like 20, but I, I'm saying I'm as say many 14. goals as Matthew Nyes. Can you no. believe that? Oh, really? I was going to say 14. Eight. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying on this program that Nyes is better than Caulfield. Uh, exactly what I'm saying. And I hope I get radioed for that. And it's all over social media because I he think the be. better American be. is Matthew Nyes over Cole Caulfield. He will be one day. He will be one day. Oh, okay. Don't do that. Don't do that. You think Nyes is going to be better than, than Cole Caulfield? I think so. Right. What's I advocated again. That? I'm on the inside, right? Again, I, I, I have ties to the agencies that he's with too, but I was on the program last year saying like, you cannot trade this guy. This guy will be Chris Kreider. I'm not going to say he's going to score 40 consistently, but he's going to be a 30 goal goal scorer. You, you talk about majority of the games being one on wall battles and all that. This guy competes when he gets the puck on his tickets going in the net. He's going, he's going to be a great, great player for this team. The question is well, going to be next could. year. What are we going to pay him? What do we have to lock him in for? Can we give him five times five? That's going to be the conversation. I'm predicting that right now. <laughs> I'm predicting this clip's going to go viral in Montreal. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to hear it on least morning. Take. I'm biased. You can't post it. I'm biased. I'm biased. <laughs> yeah, you are biased. A bit biased, but we love it here. Uh, Stewie, excellent job. I guess we won't talk till the new year. So happy early new year, buddy. Happy new year. I'll see you at two cats. Maybe, maybe not. Hey, you never know. And uh, thank you to everybody in the chat for bearing with us, by the way. I know we've had some technical issues throughout the season. So thank you so much. We love you guys at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe on YouTube, Leafs Morning Take, wherever you find your podcast. Uh, thanks to producer Aaron. Thank you to producer Vic and everybody involved. And of course, Anthony Stewart. I'm Nick Alberga, and we'll talk on Friday to tee up the Leafs and the Jackets. The third game, 15 days. Take care. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit that subscribe button and never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. T-H-E-L-E-A-F-S-N-A-T-I-O-N.com. <laughs> if you don't know how to spell the Leafs Nation, you know what I mean? Um, but hey, sometimes you never know.